0: Uh, This week's episode, The Mandalorian searches for redemption. Creed gets into the ring for a third time, and Star Trek sees the end of Discovery. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse.
1: Don't be alarmed.
0: Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that fantastic five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos where you can catch the latest news and trends in pop culture right there for you at pop culture cosmos on Facebook inside sports, Fantasy football game source, the Lakers fast break where we cover the NBA and so much more right there for you at Lakers fast break, wherever you get your podcasts vampires and Vitae go ahead and catch the crew not only on the weekends on YouTube, but also as well, wherever you get your podcasts. Cause you know, Melinda is always trying to drive her husband crazy at Vampires and Vitae, plus also as well, she runs some great games at Wizards of Wine. So go ahead and check it out there with Wild Beyond the Witchlight. It is at YouTube, and of course, wherever you get your podcasts, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. I've got a lot of great stuff going on there, including I will be updating the Latest update for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, my thoughts on the MCU, and I rank every movie in order, plus Ant-Man. That'll be updated this weekend at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. Also, you can catch Mike Speakman's review of Metroid Prime Reloaded, the awesomely reviewed game for the Switch. So go ahead and check it out today at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. Plus, if you can go ahead and like, share, and subscribe, and just give us any kind of love that you can here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. She is the mastermind and the antagonist for her own husband each and every weekend when you watch Vampires and Vitae, and also as well, The Wild Beyond the Witchlight, plus the Demolition Force as well. And also, Michael's game as well. Forget what they call it. Which one are you? Reckless Moves. Yeah, that's right. RecklessMoves.com. Reckless Moves. That's also available out there on video as well. Go ahead and catch what she does today. It is Melinda barkhouse Ross. And Melinda, great to have you back. You've given Robbie, good to see you as well. You've given Robbie a break. Yes. I know he's breathing a sigh of relief, which for him is obviously very good. But you know what? For today, this week, we're talking a ton of pop culture in a very short period of time. Plus, I've got a surprise for you at the end of the show as well.
2: Can we do the surprise now? I don't like to wait for surprises.
0: I actually got the word from your husband. He said, make her wait to the end of the show. All the pain she gives me on Vampires of Vitae and Wild Beyond the Witchlight and Demolition Force.
2: Yeah, that's what I get for being a brat.
0: Yes, and Reckless <laughs> Moves, so yes, there you go indeed. But we've got lots to talk about. Creed three, Operation Fortune, Star Trek News, Star Trek Thoughts, Henry Cavill in Call of Duty, all that and more. Plus, I've got a great conversation with TJ Johnson, who said this week, why didn't anybody want to talk about The Last of Us with me? Well, I said <laughs> I do. And we did for a good half an hour. And that's coming up on the show as well. But first, my friend, it is The Mandalorian Season 3. The reason why so many people actually still have Disney+. plus It aired Episode 1. It went by just like that. Uh-huh. If, you if you blinked, you missed it. Because they went from here to there to here to there to here to there to here to there to here to there. To here, to there, to here, to there really quick. In a short amount of time, I thought that was to the detriment to the episode, but it was still a fun episode per se. I just thought it could have been better, but they just slowed down a little bit. But I still say that the the arc of having the Mandalorian try to find redemption for showing his helmet, I think that what he has to go ahead and do and in, in try to find the water in the depths of the planet Mandalore, which was already ravaged on more than one occasion, especially the last time in The Purge by the Empire. The challenge is there, along with some other side stuff that they set up in episode one, which is the reason why they went, bing, 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 because they're trying to set up all the stuff for the rest of the season. It might have made it a little bit less enjoyable for an episode than normal, but still makes for a great season of The Mandalorian.
2: It does. And I think the first thing that really confused a lot of people, especially if they did not sit through *Slobofet*, is
0: <laughs>
2: the fact that the Mandalorian ended up with Groku again. Yes, Because that happened and, in the book of Boba Fett, right? It yes. didn't happen at the, at the end of Mandalorian.
0: Yes, John Favreau said this week it would be in your best interest to catch the episodes of the Book of Boba Fett, or he yeah. said you can cheat just going to YouTube and getting a synopsis from there. He said you can cheat and do that or enjoy it in full for the Book of Slobba Fett.
2: Yeah, and I, thats that was the first thing that uh, I saw that people had any real confusion over the episode was just, wait a minute, when did that happen? Because that didn't happen in season two. So it just goes to show you, and again, I, th- I really do think that a lot of people are going to be borrowing pages from the Marvel, how to make all of your shows and all of your movies and all of your video games cross over into each other and be relevant. So people need to watch it as soon as it comes out, because the next thing that's going to come along is the thing that's going to you know, refer to that thing or make a reference to it. And you might be a little bit lost if you miss even one single episode. So, yeah, it's a it's a familiar tactic now, thanks to Marvel and everything that they did with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when the movies would come out and, and stuff like that. I think it's uh, it's a genius play. And, yeah, good on Star Wars for picking that one up. I mean, Favreau is involved in that one, too. So maybe I'm talking out of my butt. But uh, I, I do think that, you know, the, the two things are, are very closely mirroring the approach anyway.
0: I know it's to the detriment to what Liam Neeson says about too many spin-offs for Star Wars and all that, but it has got to be content that people come to for Disney+. Plus. And for adults, it, lately it's been nothing but Marvel and Star Wars, but you see the level of Star Wars interest where the book of Boba Fett, many people miss that, Star Wars and or many people miss that. Some of the other Star Wars shows, many people miss that, so they don't know exactly what's going on, especially when it comes to The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. So I think that speaks volumes about, oh, we were only around for The Mandalorian. Well, you got to be around for a little bit more as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for, for once, I was actually part of the segment of the audience that was in on the joke and not left going, wait, what? so it was i felt pretty snarky about my level of star wars knowledge i know as the star trek fan i was you know impressed with myself and what i knew about star wars so is that what people feel like all the time when you're up to date on all of your shows is that that's usually how it feels
0: yeah yep
2: oh man i gotta do that more often
0: (laughs) but it is the mandalorian season three episode one i am looking forward to it just the thing is that at one episode had to do so much in such a short amount of time and they had to go have mandalorian go to so many different places on and so many different planets in within the context of one episode it made for an episode that could have been better it wasn't bad by any stretch but it could have been better but it also sets up everything for a better storyline for the rest of the episode. So they basically sacrificed one episode to expand the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And what it did was it, it laid down the main quest of the season and then it laid down all of the little mini quests that he's yeah, going like to have to do. Pirates.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. Saving uh, Carl Weathers planet. You know, that's yep. going to come, you know, that's going to come and all that. So and some other, so Bo-Katan when mm-hmm. he meets up with Bo-Katan on her castle, that she's at and you're trying to get all of her legions back because she doesn't have the dark sword that side story so all these different side stories were set up along with the main story of trying to get his redemption and becoming a full member of his uh, his sect of the mandalore universe uh, as far as the watch is concerned and being able to go ahead and do that so it set itself nicely for all those stories and whatnot it just kind of hurt the episode itself but I am thankful that we now have The Mandalorian back once again. Any last thoughts on The Mandalorian? You and I will be breaking down as much as we can each of the episodes or as much of the season as we can on the show, on the Friday show, so looking forward to it. But any last thoughts on The Mandalorian?
2: You know, I'm I'm thrilled that I am living through the age of Pedro Pascal. That's that's Those are my thoughts on The Mandalorian. I'm thrilled. I am thrilled. I think the man has charm to spare. I, I think that he Has proven himself to be a tour de force in the entertainment industry right now. And uh, I'm here for every single minute of it. I love it. I think he's wonderful and he's everybody's TV daddy right now. What
0: are your thoughts on episode one of season three of The Mandalorian? Please let us know your thoughts. Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, before we go ahead to hit the break, and TJ Johnson talking about all the great things with the last of us I do want to cover one quick thing if we can real quick Creed 3 of Michael B Jordan all over doing the publicity just got on, uh, deservedly on the walk of fame little Operation Fortune which is the latest guy Richie film both of those movies are hitting theaters with Creed 3 looking to overtake Ant-Man at the box office your thoughts on the weekend at the movies before we head to the break
2: yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate to see a Paul Rudd movie, you know, sliding as much as it is. But I am also thrilled for, for Michael B. Jordan. And I was just thinking to myself, can Michael B. Jordan do a British accent?
0: You never know.
2: Because that's some 007 stuff right there. Just a thought. I just randomly had it. I, there's no. Oh, but I think for the UK it,
0: the UK will probably poo poo any American getting that role.
2: No, uh, that's true. But you know, there was a point in time when I poo pooed a James Bond who was blonde. So we all saw how that turned out. Now people are <laughs> mad that James Bond is not going to be blonde anymore. So, yes. you know, what can you do?
0: I will say, though, that don't feel bad for Michael B. Jordan. He's doing a great job, doing a yeah. whole bunch of things. He, he did have to apologize to his mom for the Calvin Klein ads. But you know what? Other than being named people's sexiest man alive and Creed Three doing well, most likely at the box office this weekend and getting the star on the Walk of Fame, I think he's doing okay if he doesn't get the James Bond.
2: Yeah, great. yeah, yeah. That that kid's doing all right. Don't 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 yeah, worry about him. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's I, doing I think so he's well. Good. I'm so happy. I, absolutely. But mm-hmm. I also want to mention Guy Ritchie uh, directing this film with Jason Statham. A pretty good cast coming up this weekend, but your thoughts on it? Did you get a chance to check out the trailer for Operation Fortune?
2: Ruse de Guerre.
0: Got to roll my R's with that as far as the rest of the title is.
2: You can put Jason Statham in just about anything, and I will be there with my giant bag of popcorn and huge Slurpee ready to okay. watch it in the movie theater. Yeah, Jason Statham is another one of those guys that I'll just, I'll watch him do anything on the big screen. He can cut his toenails on the big screen, and I'll go watch a movie. I'll, I'll watch a whole movie about that. I'm is, is he like Tom
0: Hardy where he can read the phone book to you?
2: Well, I think that would put him above Tom Hardy, clipping toenails okay. versus reading phone book. I don't know, okay. but.
0: <laughs> All right. All right. Fair enough.
2: <laughs> Sorry. I just really enjoy St- Jason Statham. I have since I saw him in The Transporter more years ago than I care to admit, to be honest. So it's that's another guy. It's been really incredible watching his career as it has unfolded. It's been really fun to watch.
0: Well, I checked out Metacritic. Creed 3 is getting a 73 right now. Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre, is unfortunately getting mixed reviews. But I will say right now, if you give both a chance this weekend, if you're interested, go ahead and check it out. That is Creed 3, the evolution of the Rocky Creed franchise, and also as well, Operation Fortune. Go ahead and check it out today. And if you have any thoughts on either of those movies, please let us know pop Culture cosmos at yahoo.com coming up next is tj johnson talking about the last of us and then after i have my conversation with him melinda and i got so much to talk to you on including a special surprise for her that's coming up at the back end of the show this is the pc multiverse for the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the los angeles lakers and the nba check out the lakers fast break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back on the show. It's Gerald Glasser. Come right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is The Last of Us. It's the show everyone's talking about. The show that has premiered to such fanfare and acclaim. Everybody's talking about it. It is the show so far of 2023. And you know, my guest, my fellow pop culture fanatic, couldn't go very long without it. He actually posted on his own social media, why didn't anybody tell me about The Last of Us? And I'm thinking to myself, because everybody's talking about The Last of Us. Now he is talking about The Last of Us. It's a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out anytime he is here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is my good friend T.J. Johnson and T.J. on the road again, my friend, like Willie Nelson.
1: <laughs> on the road
0: again. Yep, yep. Uh, eligible for the Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It is uh, <laughs> Willie Nelson. But T.J., it is like Joel and Ellie at times in The Last of Us. They're on the road again as well. Well, right now they're not as we're talking because things have changed dramatically for the last episode. <laughs> oh, but Yes,
1: they have.
0: Describe to me your feelings on The Last of Us as we head into the final two episodes. I know you and I, once the final episode premieres, you and I will be going into great detail that night on it. But your thoughts on The Last of Us as we head into the final stretch of season one.
1: Uh, Oh, first, Gerald, as always, man, thank you so much for having me on the show. Quick correction, I did not say why didn't anybody tell me about The Last of Us? Because, as a pop culture connoisseur, I knew about The Last of Us before anybody else okay. who watches the show that didn't play the games knew about The Last of Us. What I did say was, how come we haven't talked about how good The Last of Us is? All
0: right, is. fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> well, because we thought you would talk about it already, that's why.
1: <laughs> oh, fair enough. I should have, I should have, it's, it's my fault, because I should have been talking about this, but Oh as a pop culture
0: connoisseur you I should be know. talking about it.
1: I should have talked about this from the first episode because from episode 1 Gerald from episode 1 I have been hooked line and sinker re rehooked if you will into this show. First of all, let me let me let me talk about my my love of the last of us, right? Everybody has their top five games of the year or the top five games of all time everybody has a top five list and I think where you are in life is going to have a major impact or effect on your particular top five my top five might look different than Gerald's top five and that could just simply be because of where he is in life right now or where I am in life right now so originally my top five would consist of games like Mass Effect and and uh, Skyrim and so on which are all great very very great games right and, and that's not to say that they're not still in my top five, but my number one might change. It used to be Mass Effect. Mass Effect was always number one for me. And it followed closely by like a Metal Gear, uh, Skyrim, so on and so forth.
0: Over you know, the mine last... is Uncharted. Mine actually Uncharted. is. Uh, yep.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and that's up there too. Let's be very clear. I mean, hey, Naughty Dog, right? But yep. my point in saying that is The Last of Us has been for me in my top five uh, for the last at least the last, it came out, what, 2013, the first game?
0: Yeah, the first game, the first version
1: of it, yes. Yeah, 2013. So from 2013 on, it's been in my top five. Over the course of the last six, seven, maybe eight years, it's been my number one. And here's why I say that. The Last of Us was never a fantastic game from a gameplay mechanic standpoint, right? Let's be very clear. It's not like it's this this revolutionary title that does things no, no other titles ever done. However, what this title does do is it blends the gameplay. It blends the storytelling. It blends the, it blends the atmosphere, the music, the, at, the everything into this cohesive package that is so well put together presentation wise. Everything just, 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 it's just chef's kiss. blah, Perfect. And so when i heard that they were turning this into a tv show i said well i'm excited for people who have not played the game to actually get to experience it that that small percentage of people or big percentage because i know everybody's not gamers but the percentage of people that didn't get the opportunity to experience what this story really is are truly in for a treat it's almost game of thrones like where i'm over here watching these watching these episodes and and looking at my wife and seeing how she's going to respond and seeing how she thinks things are going to happen and and over here gleefully just twiddling my thumbs and, and my fingers in anticipation, very Mon- uh, Montgomery Burns Simpsons-like. And it's just been awesome episode after episode after episode. I feel like they haven't had a misstep. yet. They've had a couple slower episodes, but even the slower episodes are magnificently done um, in such a way that you are left wanting more. So. Ugh, now that I've gotten all that out the way, I don't know if you could tell, but I really, really like the last of Us. So,
0: um, well, what I ex- want to say is actually I went, in, you know, I was on the air talking to Melinda, uh, and I told her two or three episodes in that it was already, and this is where the bar has been set for video game adaptations. Yes. I had already said that two or three episodes in, it was already the greatest video game adaptation of all time,
1: and, and, and I feel. Uh, We've been we've we've had opportunities for really good stories for games for for movies from games for a while now, right? I mean, we've had the technology. Uh, Sonic was pretty good. Sonic the Hedgehog was a was a pretty decent video game adaptation. It wasn't the best, and obviously, it wasn't a one for one adaptation. But it was still pretty good, bringing Sonic into the modern world and putting him on the movie screen. And and that was probably the best one we had before The Last of Us. But now that we have The Last of Us, there is nothing else that even comes close. Now, to be fair. The Last of Us is a very mature uh, game, and the standpoint of there was a very mature theme, there's a lot of violence, so it really did fit right in to a a, a movie-esque type experience, just based off the game alone. Just playing the game and watching the game, you'll feel like you're you're, you're watching a, a movie. So it really does translate very easily to the big screen. I think what makes it a little bit what takes a little bit of it away from me, and and this is when I say a little bit, we're talking very, very minuscule, my minimal, minimal, but as you're playing the game, the actions of the character are your actions, right? So it gives it a bit more of a personal feel as you're playing the game, um, watching the, somebody else do it it, it, it takes a little bit of the immersion away, and I only say a little bit because even playing the game, it's not like it's an open world game where you can decide to or not to shoot a clicker. You can decide to or not to uh, hit this particular story beat. There's no option, you're going to do it. Um, so you're even still a passenger on this uh, this this journey, if you will, but you're just more in control during the game. So uh, the, the only nuance that I felt like would be missing, adapting it to a television show was the fact that you're not actually playing the title you're not physically feeling the effects of of creeping around and and the anxiety that comes with trying to get through an entire area without letting the clickers know you're there i mean there's there's anxiety that comes with that so my concern was also going to be if they were going to be faithful right and i think i knew from the first episode from episode one when they gave us sarah and they gave us the, the 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 explosion and kind of they gave us a little bit more Sarah more for not backstory because you know we didn't get backstory but we just got to fill her out a little bit more and it was just so well put together music was perfect the way it still made you feel you knew what was going to happen but that gut punch still hit you nonetheless and it that's the true hallmark of fantastic storytelling when I can see what's happening a mile away I can see what's happening you know years and years away because i've been playing this game since 2013 so obviously we all knew what's going to happen and still it still finds a way to hit you in an area that you just, you just don't see coming like her, her the beginning still to this day one of the best openings in a video game ever ever that's right up there with the 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 second mass effect, the cold starting the second mass effect when Shepard dies, spoiler alert. It is fantastic game story. What are you selling. doing fantastic. trying to go ahead and give away spoilers Bro.
0: for a 13-year-old game or something like that? So yeah, what are you doing, man? What are I you know,
1: doing? Man, shame, shame, shame. But when I tell you, man, th- this is just I cannot speak highly enough about what Neil Druckmann and his team at Naughty Dog have created and the fact that they've HBO has been so I'm I'm grateful for Game of Thrones for a lot of things. Uh, But I'm very grateful for it because it really allowed a more mature form of storytelling and a lot more willingness to take chances on these type of stories. And I think had Game of Thrones not been the success that Game of Thrones had had been or has been or continues to be, you wouldn't have shows like you wouldn't have The Last of Us, right? Because it's a mature show based upon a, a work of fiction, but it's even more so it's based on a video game and the video game adaptation track records, as we just talked about are not the greatest. Yeah. So I think the success of Game of Thrones, the success of the Last of Us as a as a game series in and of itself has really allowed HBO and the general public to embrace these this type of storytelling. And when I tell you The Last of Us takes it and just runs with it, it is just, it is phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal storytelling, phenomenal. The the expansion on Bill's uh, storyline was just Again, wow, chef's kiss. Like it was just really, really thoughtful, really well done. This last episode that we had on Sunday, which was technically the, the DLC from the very first game left behind, was just so beautifully done and so filled with 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 excitement, yet terrified because of the tension and you knew what was coming and 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 how the effects the the events of that dlc affected ellie today and who she is now and why she's working to do what she can to save joel it just it's just beautiful storytelling i exactly. i don't have a better way to put it than it. it's just beautiful it's beautiful storytelling and it's exciting storytelling and i am hooked 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 hooked, hooked. I'm, I'm i'm sad because There's not a lot of the last of us to tell, to translate, right? They said they made it very clear that they weren't going to surpass the games or tell stories that are not already told through the games or or it's not already out there. So that either means one of two things, Naughty Dog, Neil, y'all get on it, give me a last of us three, or, you know, we also need to just ultimately understand that it's gonna come to an end and, you know, we have to be able to accept that too. So
0: one of the things I wa- wanted to ask you, my friend. Yes. <laughs> it's TJ I Johnson show, again. I yes. uh, and uh, you know what? When you do love something in pop culture, you're very passionate about it. And that's one of the great reasons why I love having you on the show all the time. Whatever you want is the passion that you have for pop culture. And just to see how good this show has become and the, right off the get-go and to see the reactions from People who never even knew the game existed, the game series exists now, which is kind of sometimes I have to take a step back because there are over what 20 million copies of either The Last of Us or Last (laughs) of Us 2 plus that are out there. So I, but there is a large, vast majority of the people watching this that are not into the games. Uh, And, you know, they just picked this up and the advertising, I think, I think it was a great whirlwind of everything from the advertising promoting it but also the fact that it came at a time early in the year when there's not much on the streaming plate i think netflix disney plus paramount all these other streaming platforms did not have anything prepared to showcase off that was high end during this part of the year and hbo despite all of its financial troubles had this prepared and ready to go. And I think it was basically giving it a, a green light to showcase in front of the entire world without much competition.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that, um, well, a couple of things with that. I think that, yes, they, they, they hit a, a particular point in time where, like you said, there wasn't gonna be a lot of competition. And I think, you know, you can kind of forecast and see that coming a mile away, but truth be told, Gerald, they knew what they had. They knew they were sitting on something special. They knew that they could really put that out. They could have put that out around Christmas and it would have been a hit. They could have put it out around uh, uh, whatever event, you name a, a, an event, and they could have still put it out around the same time and this thing was gonna be a draw. The show is just, just that good. As you said, there are people who have never even heard of the game, which I also like you find extremely difficult to believe considering how well it's sold. But I also have to, again, take myself out of the fact that everybody doesn't play video games. I don't see how, You know, especially we just came out of a two-year pandemic. You were stuck in the house. You played a video game. But if you didn't know about it, you didn't know about it. It is what it is. You know about it now. You're here. We welcome you. We're not those type of fans that are like, nope, you're not a purist. Nope, absolutely not. You enjoy it now? Come on. You can come for the ride. It's, it's, It's even more fun now that you're with us. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know,
0: the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment.
1: they knew and and shouts out to pedro pascal who has essentially played every pop culture every major franchise you can think of although i don't think he's been in marvel yet he hasn't been in marvel yet but he's been in star wars he's been in game of thrones he is now in the last of us like he is Uh, essentially pop culture wrapped up into one person if you will all the major pop culture hits of the last 10 years wrapped up in Mm -hmm. one person that's pedro pascal and bella Ramsey is just fantastic as ellie i was not sold let me be clear i was not sold on pedro or bella i really wasn't i thought pedro did not look the part i personally wanted hugh jackman but i knew i wasn't gonna get Hugh jackman but still that's who i wanted And I was not sold on Pedro Pascal. I was not sold on Bella Ramsey. Uh, Nothing against either of those two actors. uh, They're phenomenal, phenomenal in their respective roles. Um, I just didn't see them as Joel and Ellie. And let me tell you, they have both taken those roles and made them their own. I I appreciate the depth that we get to see with Joel now. You know, Joel is 50-plus years old. And in the video game, he's 50-plus years old, yet he is spry as can be and is running around choking out clickers and runners and 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 getting into fist fights and shootouts and you think this dude was the second coming of, a, of of a Jedi you know he's just he just moved so well but uh, an assassin or, or something of that nature uh, but he's really a 50 plus year old man and he's going to have things pop up you know health issues heart issues uh, his body's not what it used to be. And I appreciate the, the, the depth and what we're seeing with Joel as a character going through those things because the things we didn't get to see in the game, you know, it's not fun. Uh, I remember playing Metal Gear Solid 4 and in Metal Gear Solid 4, Solid Snake was aged quite a bit. So when we're playing as an older man and there are times when he's crouching down but and there's nothing you can do about it, he'll have to kind of straighten himself up because his back's starting to lock up. And it, it seems like a funny kind of little off thing, but when you're in a tense moment or a tense shootout and you're trying to stay down for cover and you have to – there's no choice. You have to stand up and, and kind of straighten up your back. It, it's frustrating from a game-playing standpoint, right? Because, like, no, I need you to stay in cover, but it makes perfect sense he's old. So you take that and you put that into The Last of Us, you don't have that option in the game. He, he stays crouched and he stays in prime fighting condition the entire time you're playing with him. However, in those show, they actually get to show you that, yo, this is a this is an old man who's been through some stuff, right? And, and has experienced some life. And you get to see that depth in his performance. You get to see the hurt he has, the, the, the regret that he has with Tommy, the regret that he has with Ellie, the regret that he has about Sarah, the regret about things that go what happened with, 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 with everybody that he's been involved with, with Trish. It's just, it's it, it's 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 refreshing to see it. I don't think there's a better way to say it. It's refreshing to see it because we get to see a different layer, a different layer to this performance that we've already been enjoying since 2013. So um, it's, it's just, it's been an awesome, awesome ride. I, I cannot speak highly enough about this show. This is by far the best show of 2023 um the best video game adaptation i don't know how many more best it can get but it is it is it is phenomenal storytelling at its finest at its finest
0: so as we head into the final two episodes of this season one because it's already been renewed for season two obviously it has been one of those few shows (laughs) that have actually gained an audience over the course of each episode or many of the episodes i should say Actually, surpassing what Game of Thrones House of the Dragon did on its back end of its episodes, which, you know, to really give people an idea of the gaining popularity of this show, because it's been the show that everybody's been talking about in 2023. But as we last leave Ellie and Joel in a precarious situation where Joel's been injured. And is on the verge of death and you see the last moments of of Bella Ramsey's Ellie trying to sew him up as uh, she reflected back on on her relationship before in like you said, uh, the left behind DLC was replicated extremely well in that episode. We're heading into a situation where we're going to meet individuals, one of which I wish Nolan North was playing the character. I- I'm just going to yeah. tell you right now that that he played. <laughs> Nolan North, by the way, is a Naughty Dog favorite. He is the voice of Nathan Drake, but he was also the voice of David in yes. The Last of Us, the original Last of Us, which this episode upcoming is going to be all about. The next episode they're going to have to push their way through a lot to get to if they are going to go ahead and push through the entire last of us game since they've only got two episodes left they're going to have to get quite a bit done don't they
1: yeah absolutely um i'm glad you brought up david and and for for eagle-eyed viewers out there if you if you were listening quite you know listening to the the next trailer coming up if you recognize the sultry voice of that one character neither david but of another character there is the voice of Joel in the game. So it's a nice Troy little- Troy Baker. Yep, yeah, Troy Baker. It's a, it's a, it's a nice little, uh, little, if you don't know it, then you don't know. But if you if if you know, you know, right? There's no kids say, if you know, you know. If you know, you yes. know. Troy Baker is a big deal in the world of The Last of Us. Yes, uh, Gerald, to touch back on what you were saying, absolutely, they've got a lot of ground to cover. Um, But they can do so because there's a lot of ground to cover with David and what's going to come with that, and you know, I won't get into the spoilers there. You know, I'll stop myself at that point. But their potential is there because once you get past what goes on with David, and then you move on to the whatever the next portion of it is. There's only really there only are two major beats really left, and that's David, and then what happens after David. So uh, they they can do it. There's just a lot to do, and that's 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 where the difference is between a video game as a storytelling medium versus a television show, right? Because in a video game, there's a lot to do in between there, but it's a lot of things that you really can gloss over in regards to television. There's a lot of people that you got to shoot and stab, a lot of different events you have to go through. But in a storytelling standpoint, you can you can tell that story quickly. So there is a lot for them to do, but there's really not a lot of story left to tell. There's a lot to do, but not a lot of story. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to be able to wrap it up in these next two episodes do I want them to wrap it up in the next two episodes? No, no, I don't. I want them to figure out a way to drag it it out um, as long as it doesn't compromise what we already have. And I think you can't really do that without compromising it. So as much as I don't like this thing ending in the next two episodes, it's what I've come to appreciate. And we talked about this a little bit when we talked about WandaVision and the different ways of telling a story, right, is every beginning has an end, to quote, Neo in the Matrix, everything that has a beginning, or Smith in the Matrix, everything that has a beginning has an end. Understanding what the end game, quote unquote, is with this story, The Last of Us, it makes me appreciate what's coming in these next two episodes. It makes me appreciate the potential of what could come in season two. I think the only real question to end up with, and it's gonna get into spoilers, I, I don't wanna say it, but I think the only question is if the ending we think is going to happen happens at the end of this season or the beginning of next season how they decide to to play that out so excited's not the word gerald there's excited and then there's what i'm feeling and i don't know if i can quantify i don't think the words get invented to quantify what i feel right now as far as the anticipation for these next two episodes it is fantastic stuff i cannot wait to talk about it at the end of it um, that way I can just let it all out. and I don't have to hold anything back. I can't wait to be able to have that discussion with you on the, on the show, but they've got some ground to cover, but they they've got enough time to do it. Unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it.
0: I'll I'll just say that it's going to be so funny seeing the reaction of people who have not played the game, seeing the, what most likely will be taking place in the last episode of the season. People are smart enough. I, to will realize t-
1: as I will tell people- you, my wife was like, I, 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 I well, clearly Joel's going to die. And I was like, Oh, yeah yeah. I mean we'll we'll see we'll see We will see. You gotta
0: tell her it's Pedro Pascal he's the star <laughs> hey
1: yeah we, we tried that before in Game of Thrones right he, he didn't make it in that either so
0: <laughs> but he wasn't the big star that he is now
1: this is true this is true but he was on his way he was on his way but yeah she was my, I was funny my wife was like well he's clearly gonna die and I'm like yeah hey, nope it, it definitely looks that way doesn't it it definitely looks that way <laughs> i love it it's like it's like like the red wedding i just i love it you don't even know what's coming you don't even know
0: (laughs) see now that you didn't know was coming now that was a great turn for what went on with the game of thrones i believe that but uh, they haven't steered too much far away from the video games Yeah. yeah so Yeah, people can go ahead and make their own adjustments, or if they really want to see what's coming up next, just watch a playthrough (laughs) of the last of us
1: playthrough, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, on YouTube, so you'll get the idea of what's going on. But once again, it's TJ Johnson. TJ, just a tremendous time, and I know you and I will be covering the final two episodes on the Pop Culture Cosmos. It'll be done that night, so you can really get Ah, an idea. Excited? Ah. Yes. So, I'm looking forward to it, my friend. Love our conversations on pop culture. But, any last thoughts on The Last of Us before we head on out?
1: You know, I think one of the most underappreciated facets of The Last of Us, the game, the show, whatever the case is, is the music. The beautiful Spanish guitar that's playing, the very yeah. solemnness that comes with from that sound of that guitar. You know, again, people that have, and I, I really, I hate to be that, you know, if you played, if you know, you know, if you played the game, you know what I'm talking about. But there really is something special about having played the game and experiencing the things that we're experiencing now through the game because the music meant more. The music, it gave you a feeling, it, it gave you a feeling that was that was stretched out longer than just a the title theme, right? Because we get the title and it, it sounds like it's the Last of Us title song, right? yes but when we play the game it it puts you in a place and coming back to watch the show and hearing some of that music puts me back in that same place but i feel like i'm at an advantage from people that haven't got to play the game because there's emotions that come with that music there's a certain feeling that comes from that music and that's because we played the game and experienced these with these characters i mean you know I've gotten to experience Joel and Ellie's story in multiple different, you know, multiple ways. Now, since 2013, you know, I'm 30, I'm 38 years old and my mid twenties in the games came out. So there are a lot of definitive things that happened in those games that while I won't say they affected my life in a direct sense, I did grow up with these characters. I grew up with Joel and Ellie and, and some of the things that Joel did ultimately do or ultimately might do, depending on if you've watched ahead or not. Um, you put yourself in those shoes and you start to ask questions on who's the good guy and who's the bad guy in this world. Are there good guys and bad guys in this world? What does that look like? What does being a good or a bad person in this world look like? And the decisions that are made, are they decisions that I would have made or are they decisions that I wouldn't have made? Would I have had the strength to do what's necessary or would I have had the strength to do what's not? You know, it, it, it makes you question on an, on an existential level. And I think when you have any type of storytelling medium video game, movie, television show, whatever, that allows you to truly take those questions of who you are inside and makes you evaluate, whatever the reason is, it is successful. Whatever it is that's making you do that, it, it's successful. And I'm, i am I cannot speak highly enough about this show. And I'm so looking forward to what we have planned for the future here at pcc with with uh, with the last of us and i I'm, i won't spoil that either but i am excited to the future G. I i really am this is this is going to be fun
0: looking forward to it as well my friend your continuous thoughts on the last of us and i will just say now that it's going to be a great ride to the end of the season and i'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on it coming up in the not too distant future in a couple episodes of the pop culture cosmos. It's yes. Uh, So as soon as you check out the final episode of the last of us, check us out here and check out our thoughts right here at the pop culture cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back with the show. It's the PC Multiverse. I want to thank so much TJ Johnson for stopping by, talking about The Last of Us. He was so excited. I, I felt the passion. The one thing I love most about TJ is when he really wants to talk about something, you can absolutely feel the passion in his voice about how much he cares for it. And since you and I have also seen The Last of Us and are just excited to see what's coming up for the rest of season one, you could just tell how much how much love he has for this as obviously already the greatest video game adaptation of all time. But I know you're excited for the final two episodes as well.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where they're going to leave off. You know, the last episode, another one of those like gut-wrenching ones you know where you get to see people experiencing these moments of true happiness in just this horrible situation, uh, just to have it once again ripped away. I, I mean, it's it's a pattern, perhaps in shows like that. But man, it's it gets no less gut wrenching when you're seeing, you know, especially somebody who's how old is she in the show? Like 13 or 14? I think 13. Yes. She never experienced an escalator before. She had never been to a mall before. These are things that uh, I think that we forget when we're watching a show like that. Is, um, sometimes uh, the character don't know what it's like to be, to be a normal 13 year old girl. Not to have those experiences. And then you get a chance to watch somebody experience all of it. And then experience you know, a, a real moment of, of happiness and dare I say hope. Just to have it Taken away from you, just like that, is uh, it was another really wonderful but hard episode to watch.
0: And you know what makes it great is that it was taken directly, not almost shot by shot, but virtually shot mm. by shot from the left behind DLC from the original Last of Us, which I thought was awesome that they would take this DLC, this add on that mm. you know, maybe half or less than half the people that bought the original Last of Us played. They took that and they loved it so much that they added it into the show and it, and were able to effectively intertwine it in a, a form of a flashback into the show and have it also be a, a great part of what she is and who she is right now at this point in the series. Yeah, I thought it was just amazing just to that this DLC has now been translated and given a life of its own.
2: Yeah, for sure. And now to know where the pun book came from, like, yes. oh, my heart, my heart. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, well, if you've got thoughts on The Last of Us, let us know. PopCultureCosmos and Yahoo.com. Plus, also as well, TJ and I will be covering more of Episode 8, Late Night on Sunday night, talking about it. Because he's really excited now, so I don't want to let him down. Plus, <laughs> in the next couple of weeks, we will be doing a overview of Season 1 of The Last of Us. He wants to go through it thoroughly, so please continue to check out our shows at The Pop Culture Cosmos. But my friend, before we head on out, bullet point time. All right, so you ready? Here we go. Starting with Hulu, History of the World Part 2. Mel Brooks, I hope this isn't his last project. I hope he has more left in the can, so to speak. I know he's in his 90s, but I know he still wants to create comedy, and he did oversee this History of the World Part 2. It's getting okay reviews, but the thing is that it's just still – evolves comedy in a, in a way that I think that he was so irreverent at for so many years your thoughts on history of the world part two coming very soon to Hulu
2: it's it's one of those shows and mm-hmm. um, it, it's one of those shows that I watch when I am looking for something to watch and haven't landed on anything yet well I guess I'll put mm-hmm. this on and, and burn through a couple of episodes so that's that's pretty much kind of where it falls in my hierarchy of, I got to watch it now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to watch this the first day that it comes out just because I have such a full plate of other stuff that I need to get caught up on. Cause it, it it's cl-
0: coming out on, on the sixth, just to let everybody mm-hmm. know.
2: And I, I mean, that includes Star Trek, which I've been a fan of for forever and oh, we'll
0: just... be talking Star Trek here in a minute.
2: Yeah. But you know, like I, I still, I still need to catch up on all of that. So Uh, You know, this Mel Brooks show is one that is on my radar. It's just at the far end of the radar right now.
0: It's getting solid reviews. It's right around a 71 for Metacritic. It does say season one. So this could lead it with good enough ratings to uh, maybe something more. So we'll see. But it it extends the Mel Brooks universe, so to speak, and his comedic talents and his legacy and what he's left, you know, what he will be leaving behind. To a worldwide audience, and maybe have younger viewers get a little bit of the idea of what the Mel Brooks comedy world was all about.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because he was the guy between or behind Robin Hood Men in Tights and and all of those, wasn't he?
0: That was the later Mel Brooks. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Blazing Saddles and right it was probably one of his most famous. History of the World, Part One. Yeah. There in the seventies, Young Frankenstein. Just mm-hmm. so many classic comedy comedic films of the nineteen seventies and early 1980s, I think that really where he shined the most. But yeah, we'd love to see people support Mel Brooks in his, uh, I guess, twilight years, hopefully supporting History of the World Part Two. But if you have any thoughts on season one of History of the World Part Two, which in and of itself kind of doesn't make sense, but you know that's Mel Brooks for you, please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Speaking of Star Trek, before we get your thoughts on Picard, we did hear some bad news today that came down from Paramount, that Star Trek Discovery, a show which has been all over the place with Star Trek fans, a show that was actually at one time had hopes of being something that maybe could have been on CBS, because it was actually put on CBS a couple times, is ending its run after season five, and it will be actually debuting in 2024 it got pushed back from a 2023 date to next year your thoughts on the end of star trek discovery it has been a roller coaster ride it had a very shaky start it had some strong season two and three four was not as biting to me hopefully season five will end the series on a high note
2: yeah and and i think that it will um I think that finding the the sweet spot for what really was the first show that I feel like has kind of led to this Star Trek renaissance that we're enjoying right now. It is, um, yes. Yeah, it, it was like the the front end of that. So uh, I'm always going to have a soft spot for Star Trek Discovery. Also, uh, the exploration that they did um, of uh, the early Klingon culture and stuff like that in the first season. I know a lot of people didn't like that. And, you know, it it was pretty chunky content to kind of get through as a as a fan, but I know um, you love them clean. Hands. I you know, I do. I I can't explain it. I don't know what it is. But I just <laughs> uh... <laughs> Kaploch and, and Kai and all of that. Yes. But you know,
0: you no do I of... <sighs> oh, you're good.
2: Yeah. Uh that's essentially what you need to do is clear your throat a lot. And that's how I learned. But I think that five seasons for Star Trek Discovery is a a pretty solid showing, to be honest. Uh, Especially, you know, again, like that first half of the first season where it was really heavily um, about the Klingon stuff and, and having the them speaking Klingon on screen with the subtitles—that's not for everybody. That's not everybody's favorite thing is subtitles. So I think that the show came a long way. I think that the the writers and, and uh, the the people behind the show were receptive to what fans had to say about it, and uh, I think that they did try to tweak some of the things along the way. Um, but you know, they managed to to get five seasons out of it. And as a Star Trek fan, you know, I, I'm perfectly happy to have five seasons of Star Trek to watch.
0: Absolutely, and you know that show is very emotional, very, very emotional. Everybody cries in that show, so you know season five they're going to be very, <laughs> very emotional. Although it did lead to, obviously, what we saw with Strange New Worlds, which is the best of Star Trek television by far. Right. No, no trying to disparage Picard or Discovery, but it was just first season of Star Trek Strange New World. Knocked it out of the park, and those characters emanated from Discovery. I don't know if they're going to branch off anything more from Star Trek Discovery. I know they had talked about a Starfleet show that they were thinking about doing, spinning off. And then also Michelle Yeoh, her character, talking about spinning mm-hmm. off her character on her own series. I don't know if those will ever come to fruition. But at least we've got Star Trek New Strange New Worlds to go ahead and continue that type of push that maybe we'll see some Discovery legacy characters down the road. I don't know how since they're on different time frames, but maybe. You never know. It's Star Trek.
2: I mean, a Star Trek series based around Michelle Yeoh? I think I have another strongly worded email that I'm going to have to write.
0: Well, the thing is, that was planned because, you know, she works for that Star Trek, uh, NSA, FBI type department. Yeah, we
2: we don't talk about that department.
0: Yeah, we don't talk about that department. But now that she's about on the verge of winning an Oscar because she just won the SGA's this past weekend. Yeah, that's true. I think the price just went up and maybe might be too pricey for Paramount at this point in time. So
2: maybe we'll that equals movie instead of TV show.
0: Oh, don't even get started with the movie. This week, Chris Pine was said he was so frustrated at the way Star Trek 4 is working out as far as all the rumors, the innuendo, the way Paramount has initially talked about it and backed out. And now nobody knows what's going on. So yeah, he's he doesn't even really want to hear it, although now he's doing the media blitz for Dungeons and Dragons. Guess what? He has to hear a whole bunch of it, so yeah, he's yeah. not too not too thrilled with that right now. So let's. I don't even know about a Star Trek movie coming anytime soon, but the TV end of it is still going on with Discovery ending next year, season five. Star Trek: Strange New Worlds probably coming out later this year. Star Trek: Picard. Any last thoughts before we hit Henry Cavill and so you, and your surprise before we head on out?
2: I mean, really, Star Trek Picard. I, I know a lot of people are like, eh, it's okay, but you know, Picard is always going to have an incredibly special place in my heart. You know, Picard was the captain that are I grew up watching. Are you talking about
0: the watching. real or the android Picard? Well,
2: we're talking about any form of Picard that we can oh. get. You know, he was the captain that I grew up watching with my dad, and watching the show sometimes for me has been really nostalgic in in a really beautiful way. And that getting is- it
0: this season—that's for sure.
2: For sure. And that is really one of the things that I have enjoyed the most about the the journey that Star Trek Picard has been on, is just the opportunity to bask in the glory that is Picard.
0: Before we head on out, Henry Cavill says he wants to be a part of the Call of Duty movie. They're interchangeable characters for the most part. Some of them are, I guess, all right. A couple of them are kind of memorable. I don't see this as a big Thing for Henry Cavill. I'd rather see him as right behind me, Shepard and Mass Effect. Your thoughts on Henry Cavill for Call of Duty?
2: If you're going to do a Call of Duty movie, you ought to have Henry Cavill in it. The real advantage that any kind of Call of Duty movie or, or TV show has is that those characters are kind of interchangeable. So you can take those characters and you can really build them both as a writer and as an actor because you know, you're not Confined to exactly what happened in the video games.
0: Your thoughts if you want Henry Campbell part of the Call of Duty movie Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. But before we head on out, my friend, I have got a surprise for you. And it's not just me accidentally hitting the Lakers Fast Break <laughs> live button and switching over to the Lakers Fast Break channel. Okay, while we're doing it. So I've got a surprise for you, my friend. From our good friends at Free League Publishing, go ahead and check out Free League Publishing today. If you want to go ahead and get the best in tabletop RPG gaming, go ahead and check out FreeLeaguePublishing.com. That's FreeLeaguePublishing.com. They're so awesome there. Guess what I've got for you? Because you asked for it because you said for the upcoming project that you would like to do, you wanted hard copies so you can make sure it's the best experience possible. And we're going to start off for you. You requested it, Forbidden Lands. The entire set, the what? Rogues and Raiders in a Cursed World set, right here. Man, I'm telling you, this is so nice.
2: But Gerald, Gerald, how does it smell?
0: <sighs> it's got that fresh tabletop.
2: <laughs> IPC smell. Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. Nice. That is a massive box of tabletop fun right there. I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. Next on the list. Oh, the, look, at how, look at how beautiful that artwork is. Can you just show me a page? Can you show me a page? Can I see a page?
0: The mythic oh. end up sale,
2: Man. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay.
0: And last but certainly not least, the One Ring Master Screen and Ribbendale Compendium, the starter kit for the One Ring. You have the One Ring itself, yeah. the hardcover look playing. at the
2: girth of that book like it's a big yes. book isn't it
0: it is it's
2: really fun oh my
0: god it has that smell that, that <laughs> brand new book smell
2: that's wow, gorgeous that's, that's oh, absolutely
0: yeah. gorgeous i want to thank again free league publishing for allowing you the opportunity to go ahead and be able to delve in these adventures which you'll be doing in an upcoming project in the not too distant future we'll keep you updated here on the pop culture cosmos but big shout out again to League publishing on any last thoughts before we head on out,
2: I am a lucky girl, spoiled even. Thank you, Freely Publishing. That's huge.
0: So, from Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day of paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.